I feel like laughing this morning. I don't know. I think, I think a spirit of joy has taken over me and taken over the guys upstairs. That was awesome, by the way, guys, up there. Um, that was really amazing. Um, we've all been praying this week and praying for God to do, to do something and really speak to us this morning. But I don't know. I feel such a, a joy. And you know what? Who cares what's going on out there in the world? We have God. And uh, we can focus in on him and we can love him and we can walk with him. And um, the funniest thing just then, like, you've got to, re- you've got to understand <laughs> we're all having to adapt to new things here constantly. Um, while you're all there sitting at home relaxing, we're trying to juggle cameras and microphones and everything. And so the whole time through praise and worship, all I could see in the monitor was this stray hair sticking out of Brown's head. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought if I just put my hand up around his shoulder, I could hold it down. But, you know, hey, it's the price of being in front of the camera, guys. So funny. You know what? Doesn't matter. All that stuff, great if we can get it perfect. But, you know what? We're never going to get it perfect. Apparently, you all heard me talking before the, we started anyway. So, you know what? This is who we are. Let's, let's go for it today. The most important thing is that we're here, to, we're here because we want to learn about Jesus. We want to worship Jesus. And <clears throat> we need to really uh, focus on where we're going right now because uh, I tell you what, the world's kind of going crazy. <laughs> and um, to me, it looks like, uh, you know, as we've gone into this extended lockdown and lockdown number six, but there's been an extension put onto it. And who knows how long it's going to go on for. I feel like we kind of need to pause a little bit and really um, kind of take stock of everything that we're learning um, and how, learn how to really practically apply it to our lives right now. You know, the last couple of weeks, I actually wasn't going to be speaking today, but because of the kind of crazy week that we've had here in Australia and in Melbourne, Brahm and I talked about it and we really decided we wanted to do a bit of a recap and a bit of a summary and just take a bit of a pause week to look at what we've been talking about these last couple of weeks. Because it's like I've said, I really believe they were pivotal uh, chapters in the book of Revelation and it, it's it would uh, do it an injustice if we just skimmed over and went straight on into chapter 6 which is where we're up to and chapter 6 begins to get it all into the judgments and I'm not sure we really need to be focusing on the judgments of God this week right now uh, let's learn uh, how to position ourselves 
to be in the right headspace and to really be ready to understand because there's so many there are so many other things going on around us uh, what we're learning about at the moment is is so beyond head knowledge we're actually immersed into something uh, in our own lives there's kind of uh, destabilizing and and brings a lot of uncertainty to people and so we need to be in the right headspace and the right spiritual space to be able to really grasp what God is teaching us so I want us to just look at how we can what we've learned from chapters five uh, four and five I want us to really look at how to practically apply that to the now um, you know like I said everyone's going crazy there's a lot of and when I say crazy I mean everything's kind of of, uh, tumultuous I suppose and in, in a sense of upheaval and uh, you know the last few weeks especially once um, the sixth lockdown came into play you know I said to, to our leaders I said especially to Bernard Carvin I said I want you guys to start really reaching out to every single person in our church and make sure that everyone's in a good headspace um, because we know all of us know have first-hand experience uh, what this is doing to our lives and what this is doing to our framework of thinking and how we do normal living and so we've been really focused on catching up with a lot of you guys if you haven't been touched base with yet, um, let us know. We want to know how you're going and want to make sure that you're staying in a good place uh, in your mental health. You know, we understand it. We can see that people are afraid. Um, you know, nobody is in control of normal life activities anymore. Uh, you know, we've got protests happening. Just where It doesn't sort of make sense to one group of Aussies that are going, let's all just obey the laws of the land and, and do what we need to do and get drive this virus to the ground and do what we need Need to do play our part to support our communities and then it doesn't make sense to then see thousands of people out in the streets protesting the lockdowns and so it's, it's building this perfect storm of animosity between you know tribal kind of mentalities in people and it's all grounded in fear it's all it's all rooted in fear and, and people are thinking you know what's next and I understand that there's a it's kind of a season of social upheaval in a way you know and then you add into that the whole do we get the vaccine what's what what do we understand about the the vaccination and when I say that I don't mean from a conspiracy point of view because I I don't think like that but you know we're over 60 and so we're we're faced with the reality of the, uh, you know, only being able to and allowed to legally get one uh, particular vaccine. So, you know, these are all pressures and thought processes that all of us are going through. And uh, so we're all in this, you know, the slogans on TV, we're all in this together. Well, in a sense, we really are. And we're combating something together. So, you know, we've sort of seen that mental health is definitely the buzzword or the buzz phrase worldwide. And you know what? So it should be. So it should be. Uh, there are a lot of issues with family violence and domestic violence and family, you know, domestic abuse and so on and so forth. Marriage is breaking down and um, it, it's terrible. People are, are kind of... Uh, losing ground in areas that they'd gained good ground in in their personal lives and now it's almost like things are just beginning to unravel whether it be economically whether it be relationally whether it be from a mental health point of view there are so many different aspects so you know mental health is absolutely essential as is physical health um, but the way I would see it is this way it's essential those things are essential but they're limited 
mental health, physical health uh, is not the full answer if we're not spiritually healthy. Uh, if we're not grounded in something beyond mm. merely stable thinking and good physical routines, which all of us have to have, that's, that's you know, mental health 101. We, we need that. We need stable thinking. We need good mm. physical routines, which, you know, whatever I'm trying to get back into. Um, <clears throat> but... You know, we can get all of those things just going right. We can get physically healthy again. I can try and lose the 10 kilos that I've put in on in the last year. We can, do, we can try all of that. But you know what? There are still, there's still going to be the next round of issues that are going to spring up in our faces. There's, we don't actually know what's going to happen with this virus. We don't actually know what's going to happen to, uh, to all sorts of areas of our lives that get affected. So... The way I look at it is this, that the best answers are always spiritual. And so there's an incredible scripture in Proverbs 19 verse 23, and it says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. I love that. I love that to sleep satisfied. And believe me, over the last year and a half, I haven't really slept that well. You know, but if we want to sleep satisfied, knowing that as we sleep, God's got our back, we're untouched by evil, it starts with the fear of the Lord. That's a spiritual answer. So these are, these are some things that we need to be considering right now. So there's some principles that we need to follow, and there's one in particular that I want to sort of hone in on today as we, as we apply chapters 4 and 5. Like we've had a very uh, meaty, Word of God over the last couple of weeks. And can I please encourage you guys, please don't just brush over it and go, oh, yeah, I'll get around to trying to understand that later. No, no, no. Be hungry for the Word of God. You know, when Brahm and I were first saved, uh, we would, we were only um, 20, 21, 23, 24, I can't remember how old he was. And we didn't really know anything, but we made sure we, we loved the Word of God and we would feed ourselves. We got cassettes, cassette tapes. That's all we had back then. There was no internet, no CDs, nothing like that. And we would get them sent from overseas because there was nothing in Australia that we could listen to. And we would listen to whole packs of, of, of cassette tapes that had teachings on them about prayer, about intercession, about the power of the Word, about the anointing of God. And we'd only been saved probably two, three years at the moment. And these things would go for 45, 50 minutes, each single cassette. And we would play it over and over and over and over and over until we understood it. So can I encourage you guys, Melbourne Lifers, Jakarta Lifers, let's be intelligent believers and let's listen to the preaching. And even if we don't get it at first, that's okay. I didn't get it either when I used to listen to that stuff back in the 80s, when I would first listen to all these big spiritual words and concepts, but I was determined to understand. And so I would listen over and over and over. And gradually, I began to understand it because the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He is our counselor. Remember, we've talked about the seven aspects of the Holy Spirit. He's, he's wisdom, counsel, understanding, knowledge. Just those four things alone, we can grab hold of and say, Holy Spirit, I need this. So impart that to me as I listen to these things. Okay, so let's, let's allow the word of God to sink in and absolutely saturate our thinking. All right, so here's the principle I believe we need to be really following. And it's from 1 Timothy 4, uh, starting at verse 6, going through to verse 8. And I'll just pick it up in verse 6. It says, be constantly nourished. On the words of the faith. I love that because it kind of just lines up with what I just said. Be constantly, constantly, not once a week, 
Now, when you think about it, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine, all right, which you have been following. And why do we do that? Because it's renewing our mind. It's renewing our thinking. Let it come in. Uh, sometimes I worry, I, I look at things online and I think more people are reading um, foolish, you know, speculative articles about all sorts of stuff. They're reading all of that sort of stuff and, and filling their minds with that more than they are nourishing their hearts, their minds, their soul on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine. And verse 7 says, but have nothing to do. Well, Paul goes even more. He's a bit more radical. He doesn't just say stay away from the internet. He says, have nothing to do with worldly fables that are fit for, for only for old women. It's getting a bit personal. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, have nothing to do, I told you, there's something bubbling in me this morning, I just feel like laughing, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. I'm sure he's talking about 80-year-olds. On the other hand, now listen to this, this is the bit. On the other hand, discipline yourself or disciple yourself. Remember, I've preached a whole sermon on that, how to disciple yourself. Discipline yourself or disciple yourself for the purpose of godliness. And in the Amplified, it actually says, keeping yourself spiritually fit. I love that. And then it goes on to verse 8, and it goes, for bodily discipline or mental discipline, you can also add that in there, bodily discipline, mental discipline, is only of little profit. But godliness, which is spiritual fitness, is profitable for all things. Why? Now, let's hold this in context. You might have heard me say, you know, bodily discipline, mental discipline is only of little profit. Oh, what are you saying, guys? Well, just hold your horses and listen before you get offended and upset with me and cranky. It, but spiritual fitness is profitable for all things. Why? Because it holds a promise, not just for the present life, but also for the life to come. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we've got to have physical fitness, mental fitness, uh, emotional fitness. All of that is kind of tied in together. But more than anything, the greater discipline, the greater level of fitness, the superior fitness of all is actually spiritual fitness because it holds a promise also for this present life but also for the life to come. I love that. So we need to keep ourselves fit. We need to be able to train ourselves and we need to be able to disciple ourselves towards godliness, um, which basically what is godliness? It's a place of being set apart for God. It's a place of piety. It's a place that's not pious and, and self-righteous and walking around and looking like your cheeks are sucked in and you're, you're living like a monk in a monastery. No, that's, that's, that's all worldly. That's all fleshly concepts of what uh, godliness looks like. No, it's actually spiritual fitness. It's actually being spiritually healthy and keeping ourselves in that place where we're set apart, uh, we're consecrated, we're sanctified to God, for God, for a reason. And uh, we, you know, we, we allow ourselves to be positioned by God. You know, let's refresh our mind again. What does it mean to be consecrated or sanctified? It means, you know, uh, if I've got a coffee cup with Diane written on it, that coffee cup belongs to me. It's consecrated to me. It's set apart, it's sanctified. You know, if we see a disabled car park or a uh, parents with pram car park or seniors, I've learned about that. Apparently there are seniors car parks now. That's fantastic. Um, so we, we're eligible. That's actually sanctified. That's consecrated. That's set apart for seniors. So if I see any of you younguns out there who are under our age, you, you better get ready to get out of our car park because that's been set apart, consecrated, 
and sanctified for us to use, okay? All right, so that's, that's what it means, godliness, to be set apart for God. And so we want to be spiritually fit in, in that place. And you know what? This is actually the language of New Testament believers. Uh, in Jude, uh, the, the book of Jude, it's only one chapter, but in verse 20 it says, But you, beloved, okay, so Jude's writing this to the, to the believers. It says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up. That's the language of training. That's the language of, of fitness. That's the language of, of strengthening and equipping and, mm. and empowering. That's, 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 the, that's the language of, of spiritual fitness. Building yourself up, what? On physical stuff, on mental? No, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You see, physical fitness, you can, you can eat every tablet known to mankind. You can go to the gym. You can have all your um, you know, powders, shakes, and all, everything that gym people do. You can go running like I used to do, believe it or not, many years ago. You can do all that to be fit, but you know what? We're still going to cark it, guys. We're still going to die. That's, that's, that was <laughs> reverting to my, my father's language. Still going to cark it, all right? We are. We're all going to die. Like, come on. We all know that. However, spiritual fitness, spiritual fitness holds a promise. It holds a promise. Physical training, you think about it, let's put ourselves in the mindset of physical training. It's so that we can withdraw a deposit in a race. Yeah? The reason people uh, develop themselves in physical training is because, and we've just seen that with the Olympics that have just gone, they spend years, decades really, but you know, the last few years of just honing in on their, on their abilities and on their skills and developing their physical training. Why? So they can re- withdraw a deposit in that race. When that race is about to be run, some of their races only take you know, so many minutes or uh, you know, it's over and done with like that. But they're withdrawing a deposit out of their bodies that they've been sowing for years and years and years and years and years and they're expecting a withdrawal they're expecting a performance to come and to to position them well well you know what it's exactly the same in the spirit it's no different we're in a race in fact the bible makes it very clear there are lots of scriptures that talk about the race that we're running but especially now we are worldwide australia-wide melbourne while we're in the race of our lives it feels like no one really has certainty about what it's even going to look like by the end of the year you know you've got jeff kennett out there tweeting all sorts of nonsense which is not fair on people's mental health um be it true or not it's irresponsible uh you know about whatever he's saying like there's there's stuff that's coming at us from all direction the only reason i mentioned that publicly is because it was actually on the news the other night so you know you've got all these layers of news and, and filters that are coming through to people's minds and, and, and fear-based stuff, be it true or not, it breeds fear and it breeds uncertainty. So yes, yes, we are in the race of our lives in a way. Um, so more than ever, we need spiritual fitness and we need to train spiritually so that we can withdraw 
a deposit that we've placed into our own lives during this crisis. And, uh, and you know, we need to be able to call on the call of God, that God's inheritance within us. In fact, you know, 2 Timothy 1.9, if you read in the next book of Timothy, you read that that calling, that inheritance that God comes to, to grab hold of, it's like he's put a deposit in you and I. He's put something within us. And uh, the hope of his glory is within us. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory is within us. Well, that inheritance that is within us is actually there for him. His purposes. That's what one Second uh, Timothy one nine says. It's not for us, but it's for Him to further His own purposes. So we've got a reason to be here. We've got a reason to be running our race, but we've also got a a way forward uh, at this particular season that we're living in. And um, you know, so we're here because we want to further His purposes. And so we can actually tap into that and understand what that is. So therefore, we have to maintain spiritual fitness. We have to. All right. We owe it to the Lord for his purposes, but also for our own sanity, for our own uh, communities, for our own marriages, our own relationships, our families, the people that we do life with. We owe it to them. If we're going to be the light of the world, if we're going to be the salt of the earth, then let's allow the work of the Holy Spirit in us so that we can maintain spiritual fitness. All right, so what are the, what are the symptoms of the lack of spiritual fitness? You know, I'll just touch on a few that I've noticed over many decades, right? Well, I believe the first, the first symptom that happens away from people's view, even from those closest to you, this could happen to me and Brahm wouldn't even know about it. But the first greatest symptom is pulling away from fellowship with God in prayer and worship. And, um, you know, when people stop having that, that actual place of, of just intimacy with God and they end up, you know, you, can, you sort of see what that looks like in a leader, um, in a, be it a pastor or a you know, senior pastor, some senior pastors absolutely fall in, can easily fall into this category. It's very easy for any of us to just lead on our gift um, and not our intimacy. And it's the same for worship leaders, worship teams. I hope you're listening up there, worship guys. This is, puts the fear of God into all of us as we lead. It's very easy to run on our gift um, and not on the intimacy that we have with God. And then the second one, so if I was to do that, Brahm wouldn't know. He wouldn't know how my intimacy is going with God. I could be saying and doing stuff the right way, but only God really knows and only I know if I'm pressing into that place of intimacy with him. The second one is pulling away from fellowship with the word of God. Um, When we stop allowing the correction of truth through the teaching that is coming through trusted leaders, pastors, teachers, etc., etc., when we, or even just when we read our own Bibles, uh, when we stop fellowshipping with the Word, in fact, when we get to that point, we're not even really reading our Bibles anymore. We might go to church and might be listening online, but even then, it's not going in and transforming us. And uh, you know, and in a leader, what that looks like is there, you know, any one of us can ignore the correction of the Word of God of truth in our own hearts, and we actually start to lose accountability with people. And then the third one, the third step. Um, so this is that second one. It's already becoming a little bit obvious to people because you, you know you can sort of start to see pride developing in people. They're not really being accountable to to truth in their lives and, and the way they speak and the way they act. But then the third one, the third symptom, is uh, as it's sort of the natural progression of this sort of thing, 
if we don't keep ourselves spiritually fit, they pull away, people pull away from fellowship with people. And uh, they actually separate themselves from the Christian culture. And in a leader, what that looks like is that a pastor or a leader actually loses a shepherd's heart for God's people and disconnects with their needs. And so there's this gradual moving away when, when there's a, a lack of really pressing into spiritual fitness. Uh, this is the sort of stuff that happens. So to be spiritually strong also means we actually, the, the uh, natural flow of that is that we become mentally strong. And this is what happens. Um, we become mentally strong to face whatever is coming against us. And I, I know that from experience. I can give you testimony after testimony. Because you know why? Because everything goes back to intimacy and fellowship with God. And that comes through prayer and worship. So, you know, there is a way out. And that's why let, let's go back to what we've learned from chapters 4 and 5 out of Revelation. We have to learn to apply those truths. You know, we are actually perfectly positioned as believers because we have access to and we've also learned that we have interaction with the very throne room of heaven. They're not just nice spiritual words. That's a reality. That's a spiritual reality for you and I. And that's what we've been learning about. And it's what the, the Bible teaches us. And I, I get very concerned uh, for people when I start seeing, you know, especially my fellow Aussie Christians. And I've met a lot of them uh, around Australia from preaching at different places in different states over, over many years. Um, and even some of my pastor friends, um, I, I can see out there on social media like you don't have to go far you can see that they're actually leading and speaking from fears and from this incredible anxiety and um, I believe it's time that we all of us start to uh, talk and act like we actually really do trust God but that has to be more than words it has to come uh, from uh, our intimacy with God um, you know if that place the throne room that we talked about uh, last week and the week before if it is constant stable which it is if it's consistent which it is remember it's from eternity to eternity you can't get much more stable consistent or constant than that then how do we tap into that consistency especially when everything's like this up and down at the moment and if we if we are actually seated with him in heavenly places, because that's what the Bible says, if we are positioned with him there, because the Bible says you and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Um, that's more than words. That, that can be our experience. How do we experience that? How do you and I actually experience that? Because, you see, there is a spiritual reality that is within our grasp. And so... Yes, we need to get a grip. But if we're going to get a grip, like all of us have to kind of, okay, get a grip, everybody. Diane, get a grip. <laughs> but if we're going to get a grip, let's get a grip on the reality of what is rightfully ours. All right. What does it mean in the most difficult situations to really press into the presence of God and hold on to him and hold on to his truth? You know, I, I love the next few verses from First Timothy 4 in 9 and 10. It says this. It's literally a follow-on from what I read before. It says, It is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance. For it is for this we labor and strive. All right? This is how Paul is framing this in his leadership talk to Timothy, this young minister. He says, For it is this... Uh, for it is for this that we labor and strive, that we pour out everything that we've got 
to you and to the people that are listening to the word because we have fixed our hope on the living God. See, that's where our eyes have to go. We fix our hope on the living God, who is the saviour of all men, especially of believers. Philippians 3, it reminds me of this scripture too. In, in verse 14, it says, I press on. In fact, let me read verse 13. It says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal. See, that's, that's you talk about uh, the language of fitness there, of health. And that's physical health, but let's apply this to spiritual health. I press toward the goal. Remember, we're running this race for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So when you think about it, let's let's go back to to chapters four and five on what we realize. John was the one that was in that place. Remember, Jesus said to him, come up here. Come up here and be in this place. So it says that in the spirit, he was there. Now, did he physically leave the island of Patmos? No. It was literally one second, one split second away. It was a realm that he entered into. And what got him to that place? Spiritual fitness is what got him to that place. Yeah? And what ended up happening? He saw the world situation in the light of who God is. This is what we talked about last week. So worship and prayer is also what has got me to that place during this season. Um, and, you know, it's pulled me out of a place. And I've, I've got to be honest with you guys. You know, all of us have struggled the last 18 months. Uh, you know, Brahm and I very much are focused on leading the church and, and leading Jakarta life and leading our people and leading with vision. But we've got so many other scenarios going around, around us and we're, we're all juggling this thing called uh, this inconsistency of lifestyle at the moment. And, um, you know, like I mentioned before, there's all the, the fears of the the vaccine. We've had to really grapple with that. And and uh, I realized I needed to, to see the world situation right now. I need it to see the world situation in light of who God is. And, you know, even when it comes to the vaccine, um, you know, like I think I mentioned earlier, we're, we're over 60. We're not offered anything except for AstraZeneca. So, you know, they start mentioning about blood clots and all sorts of things. Well, blood clots are a huge thing in my family line. And, you know, even though mentally I know that all that stuff to do with AstraZeneca is completely separate to what is uh, my family has, has had to experience and the, and the gene that, that we carry in that area, the fear was still there. I mean, I consulted four doctors, one of whom is my sister-in-law who's a specialist. And, you know, like you can't be we, none of us can be foolish and, um, you know, just say, oh, well, I just trust God. No, we have to be wise. We're living in this world. But even with all the uh, the affirmation from doctors, it still didn't get rid of my anxiety around all this. And, you know, that I'm just giving you this as an example of the inaction that fear has caused in my life over the last however many months. But, you know, I knew that for our grandchildren's sake and even, even for the Melbourne Life kids' sake, you know, none of these kids can be vaccinated yet. I, I realised, Brahm and I came to the realisation, well, we have to, be, um, <clears throat> we have to be vaccinated. But there were all these fears that are, that are coming against our minds and, our, and both of us. And, you know, this is not something that anyone should push onto anybody else. Everyone has to make up their own uh, minds about this. And, uh, and so, you know, three months ago, um, I started this, um, we're calling it prayer tower, but basically it's a Zoom online prayer and worship. And I'm telling you now that worshiping and praying in the spirit on prayer tower 
is what has pulled me through. That and the word of God focusing on what we're learning in the book of Revelation. It's pulled me, and it wasn't just the fear of the vaccine. It was all sorts of other things as well. And, uh, and I got to a point where I thought, you know what? I don't want my thoughts anymore. I don't want my emotions, my fears, my perspective, because they're very strong. I mean, I'm very opinionated even to myself, turns out. <laughs> I did, <laughs> I did <laughs> I'm very good at that in my own head, but I was so sick of my thoughts. I didn't want that anymore. And, you know, I began to pray and pray in the spirit, because when we pray in the spirit, what did we read earlier in John, Jude verse 20? You build yourself up in your most holy place and you build your, your most holy faith up. That's what you do when you pray in the spirit. And you know what? The more I would pray in the spirit, the more encouraged I would be. And I, God ministered to me in that place. And, uh, you know, eventually, of course, we made a, I, I was able to make a, 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 a choice to trust God in that place. And, you know, a few weeks ago, Brahma and I did get vaccinated. We had our first uh, vaccination. But, you know, I, I realized that I had to be mentally strong by investing in and discipling myself in spiritual fitness. You see, mm. everything we do, we have to do out of a place of trusting God. Mm. You know, awesome. Is it right to be vaccinated or not? That's really, there's no spiritual answer to that. That's a practical <laughs> life choice, right? That's wisdom, right? God doesn't, God cares more about my faith. Anything that we don't do in faith is, is sin, basically, the Bible tells us. So, but to get myself into a place of faith and not presumption or fear or anxiety, I needed to be mentally strong. And the only way to be mentally strong was to pray. And to worship God, I'm telling you, it's taken me three months to just keep focusing in. So what is it that we can learn? What is it that we have learned these last two weeks? And I'm saying all this because I want this to be so practical and so real. And I want you guys to know that we understand what you're all facing. We're not just plowing along every week, you know, okay, let's go to the judgments now. Okay, let's now talk about this. And none of you really know how to do the groundwork for your own lives. But this is so vital right now. When we worship, what have we learned? We've learned that the centrality of the throne of God is all we need to know, is all we have in our lives. That is at the very core of, of the headquarters of heaven. The headquarters of the universe is the throne room of God and is the centrality of our faith. That's where we go to. The Bible says we can go boldly to the throne room. I don't get on a, on a spiritual train and get to the throne room. No, I'm there. Even now, when I speak... Even when we pray, think about it. our prayers are right there in the throne room. This is a realm that we're talking about, that we're being positioned into. You know, when we, come, when we do like John and we come up here, and he, he, Jesus says, come up here and see what we see. The minute you and I do that, we see what God sees. We begin to see his perspective. And we look back at the world and we go, yes, it's very unstable and very inconsistent, but I feel safe and I feel strong and I feel focused. And so we're, we, we become, you know, we're invited into that place. We're invited, guys, <laughs> into the headquarters of the universe because those, that book was written to you and I. It was written to the churches, which is also you and I. And you know what? Nothing shakes that place. Nothing rocks. COVID-19 is not rocking God. It's not shaking him. 
And when we go into that place, we feel safe. And I can tell you, I know that because I've been focusing in on going to that place. Nobody needed me three months ago. I was a a hot mess. I was emotionally so bad because of so many things that I was focusing in on instead of bringing myself back to this place. And the minute I bring myself back, I, I, my spiritual fitness starts to increase and I start to strengthen because it's his strength, it's his peace, it's his truth that begins to speak to me. So, you know, when we go into that place, we see that the Lamb of God, who is Jesus, he's in control. You know, and every time we, we enter into that uninterrupted worship that is in heaven. Remember, this is what we've learned. There's uninterrupted worship. We enter in and we join in the new song that last week we learned is now happening in heaven because it's about the worship of the Lamb of God. Every time we worship the Lamb of God, who is Jesus, we're, we're coming into agreement with the, the four creatures, the living creatures and the 24 elders who are bowing before the throne and bowing, they're bowing before the Father in the throne, but now they're bowing before the Lamb of God as well. And they're singing a new song, Worthy is the Lamb. Come on, guys, every time we do this, we lift our eyes and we focus and we see and our spiritual fitness, Woo! I can feel that spiritual muscle burning. I can feel it strengthening. I can feel it uh, upholding me now, day in, day out. You know, when you go to a gym, you don't suddenly walk out looking like Popeye with muscles, muscles like this. If you're a millennial, go back and find it on Google. But anyway, who Popeye is. But... <laughs> You know, it doesn't happen like that. It's a gradual thing. But because we sow and we sow and we sow into our spiritual life, guess what? We start to get spiritually strengthened and our spiritual muscles begin to build. And uh, so we we realize that we can now, uh, just as John witnessed the future realities from a position of worship, guess what happens? We begin to get prophetic insight And it begins to flow when we join in heaven's worship. And Melbourne Lifers, you know this. You know this. You guys on our prophetic team, you know this. Come on, some of you have just forgotten about it. And you've done exactly what I did. You've allowed yourselves, just like I allowed myself, to sink into places of despair and and concern. And and, and the, the cares of this world, as the Bible calls it. But come on, let's get back. Let's get back to this place and let's, let's be bold before the throne room of God. And let's begin to worship the Lord and come under his lordship. He's there. He's on the throne. He's Lord of everything. So we understand that about worship. We understand this about prayer. Our prayers are so precious. The prayers of believers since the beginning of human beings on the earth, the the saints of old that have believed in God, you know, their prayers speak to God. And every single, they're still there. They're still speaking to God. Every time you and I pray, you know what? That's what blesses me so much. I think back to all the the incredible prayers, of of desperate prayers that I've prayed before the Lord. It's so amazing for me to know they're still there. In fact, they're so valuable to God. They're held in golden bowls of incense. And they're held in one hand, you know, with the, with the, by the, the elders and the creatures. And in the other hand, there's a heart. They're, they're worshipping and they're, there's worship and prayer constantly. Worship of the Lamb, the prayers of the saints. It's there in the throne room. 
It's, it's so obvious. Why aren't we doing this? Because we allow ourselves to sink and come back down into the earthly realities, but we can't afford to. I couldn't afford to. I couldn't afford to listen to my thoughts anymore. There's too much at stake, too much at stake. So our prayers, everyone, they're kept there. They're so precious. They're so valuable. And they're constantly, think about it, they're constantly in that atmosphere of worship. And they're mounting up. And that's when you and I, we see this incredible partnership between God and his people, setting things in motion, setting things in motion. It's absolutely powerful. And uh, whatever's happening on earth, it'll happen also in heaven. And, you know, we talked about those scriptures last week in the book of Acts. You can go back and listen to that sermon. But this is how pastors, and I'm speaking for myself here, I, I, I understand this and I have so much compassion. I feel like grabbing all my pastor friends and say, come on, let's link arms, pray with us. Let's keep ourselves spiritually fit. Let's not sink back into fears and anxiety. But this is how Christians and pastors should be living fearlessly from a position of the presence of God. You know, we learned last week that Jesus, the Lamb of God, is standing right in the midst of heaven. Right now, he's in the midst of heaven. And you know what's, what he's doing? The Bible tells us he's also interceding constantly on our behalf. But also, because of his spirit, the Bible tells us that when two or three pray together, there he is in the midst. So he's in the midst of heaven. He's in the midst of us when we pray. And... Uh, you see, that's why the Bible says we are seated in heavenly places. It's that. I'm sitting here on my couch, but the minute I begin to pray, I'm seated in a heavenly place. Like, this is so powerful. We're not talking about a geographical place. We're talking about instant access through the words of our mouth, through our belief system. We are in a realm of agreement with the very throne room of heaven. Oh, my gosh. So, I want to invite... You guys, Melbourne Life, I want, to, I want to invite you into a place of prayer. I, I feel like saying names right now, but I won't. I don't want to embarrass anyone. But some of you are sitting there right now. Oh, I bet she's thinking of me. Yes, exactly. I'm thinking of you. You, need to, <laughs> you and your husband or you and your wife or you and your family. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching you right now. Come on, get join in with us. Join in with us. And I know I'm going to get a whole lot of texts after today going, you were talking about me, weren't you, Diane? And I'll say, yes, I was. But come on, I want to call you back into that place of prayer. And you know what? No, we can't get together. And we don't know when we will be able to get together. But we can get together over Zoom. And I'm telling you, we have been having the most incredible prayer, prayer meetings together. Even this week, I just want to really commend our worship team. And I'm going to try not to cry. But you know what? They serve us every week, not just on Sundays, but during the week as well. And um, they, they are staying in, strong in God. Do you know why? Because they have to. They actually have to stay strong in God because they know that they have to lead us with their faith. When they sing these words, they know darn well they have to believe these words. Otherwise, I've told them, if you don't believe these words, you're just singing songs that go, and they just they end up nowhere. They don't do anyone any good. But they understand that this is a spiritual thing. And you know what? They've been praying. But they also know that they have to show resilience and courage and faithfulness in their leadership of all of us 
because when they worship the way they are, it's a form of intercession. Guys, what we've been doing over the last few months, it's intercession, it's prayer, it's worship, it's they're sensing the Spirit of God. Now, are we perfecting everything in the natural, getting our cameras right and, hey, Josh, do this and trying to talk? Yeah, yeah, of course, we're doing all of that. But in the end, that's not what really matters. We are going to make so many more mistakes, believe me. Guys, it's hard being a movie star, a TV star, okay? Don't quote me on that. You know I was being sarcastic, okay? Don't anyone think that I was saying that seriously. But... They know, we know, that the real thing that we can give you is spiritual resilience, is spiritual courage, is spiritual faithfulness. And that only comes from our own intimacy with the Lord. All right? And uh, they know that there are many people out there that in our church and, and beyond that are watching, that are struggling. And, and that they know that you guys need to see them demonstrating trust in the very words that they're, that they're singing about. And that this Jesus whom we're glorifying and putting as the centre of our, of our lives. Remember, it says we're going to fix our hope on Jesus. Fix our hope in, on Jesus. So I, I want to really commend them and I want to thank you guys. And, and having said that, I want you to get ready because you're going to serve again. And I want you just to begin to sing whatever, but I want you to go for it. I want you to lead our people into that place of the throne room and just pray and declare don't care what you look like don't care what you sound like just go for it and let the spirit of God do something in you and those of you who are watching let the Holy Spirit do something in you and I want to encourage you guys come on to prayer tower find out from the leaders how to get onto it and uh, and join us we worship and we pray in the spirit no talking just praying Come on, go off again when you're ready. You can come off for five minutes if you want to. But it's powerful. Do it while you're walking around the house and mute yourself. It doesn't matter. Just join in. Join in and link arms with others in the Spirit because God has called us to this place. Amen. Brian, did you want to say anything? I've got my husband here before the worship team gets too excited. So I sit there? No, 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 sit here. Okay. Don't take, don't take over, Brian. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to say this. Let me, let me say this. I love that. That's his favorite phrase. Let me say this. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Because it's important what I'm about to say. Yeah. But uh, no. Uh, seriously. I, I cut that hair off, by the way, during worship. I went <laughs> got the scissors. Go on. Go, go, go. Uh, seriously. Uh, when... Which is how it's supposed to be uh, when, when, when you preach, you yeah, preach yeah. out of your life. And especially this woman, I've seen her struggling. I've seen her, not just now, but in the past when, you know, you know just one of those things with ministry. Where, and I see her fight to the very drop of, the last drop of her blood into the presence of God. Yeah. See. It's like, and you know what? We we always want to see the world would love to see high flyers and successful people. No, no, no. God is looking for fighters. Yeah, that's it. Because that's awesome. victory is guaranteed. It's there for us. Jesus said, "It's there." He just looks for people who are willing to put the, put up a fight. And this, yeah. when she speaks. 
I was sitting next to her. I couldn't, I couldn't hold my hand. I just had to stand yeah, up and walk around. Yeah, he jumped up and walking around. He was getting so excited. <laughs> because... My, oh, he lives it too, my goodness yeah. man. So, uh, you know what? He leads it's me awesome. So let's just worship God. Come on, guys. This is where it's yeah. at. I want you to join us on Prayer Tower. I said to the worship team this week, we met on Wednesday night, and I, I said, come on, you guys. Our church needs you. And I said, yeah. I want you to pray with me. So the last yes. few mornings, they've been, oh, they made it at 7 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, personally, I personally would have opted for 9. But no, 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 had to be 7. I love that. I love you guys. <laughs> and I'm telling you, they were like freight trains on the <laughs> other end. They were like, hurrah, bakarah, bakarah, bah, bah, bah. Man, I didn't know Charlene could pray so strong and so powerfully. Like she was, it was amazing. You're the bomb, Charlene. She's like, don't talk about me. <laughs> Um, it was so powerful. And you know what? They all had to go off and go to work and do whatever they had to do for the rest of the day. I stayed on. I was so stirred up. I stayed on for another two hours with worship because I need to be in that place. But they've been praying for you guys. That's how devoted they are because they're letting God flow through them. But you know what? God's waiting. Yeah. on you guys as well. You might not be in the worship team, but you're influencing other people. You might be leading your family. Yes. You might be leading a life group. You might be leading your children. You know what? You need to be strong yes. in the Word of God. I thank God for this man. He talks about me, but he leads me in this. He's demonstrated to me what it looks like to hang on to Jesus. Dads, husbands, do this for your families. That's it. That's it. Shine brightly. Yeah. Be spiritually fit, okay? So I want to see you joining me. I'm putting the invitation out there. If nobody receives the invitation, believe it. Believe me, I'm coming for you. I'll call you. I'll send you an invite and say, okay, tell me the time and join me. And you will be so thankful that I did it, all right? All right? Go for it, worship Let's team. For it. I love you guys.